Hello, Future Foodcast listeners. We are so excited to have you, this group of food enthusiasts with us. And today we're on the front end of the food supply with Judah Kofer. He is the Director of Sales for the Pacific Northwest for Ag World. And he's here to tell us all about what goes on on the front end of our food getting grown and to us. Judah, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Well, and I'm excited to talk to you because you have such a great story to tell about what Ag World is doing and the impact that you're able to have on our food supply. Uh, can you share a little bit of the, about that with us? Yeah, absolutely. So Ag World's a you know a farm management platform, and really what that means is you know we are focused on helping farmers capture the data that's happening on fields day to day as a part of their regular workflow and their, their way of operating and then helping them use that data to make decisions, you know, in the season for future seasons, providing that data for compliance purposes. You know, some parts of the industry are more compliance heavy than others. And so there's audits, there's requirements around what data needs to be able to be shown from a grower to those state organizations uh, or exporting processors, depending on if that food's going to other countries or contexts where there's also compliance that is regulating. So there's a lot of purposes for that data, whether it's just internally for a grower to uh, improve their operation, the compliance type stuff, or just the operations of, you know, getting things done day to day and the logistics around all that. So there's a lot of purposes of AgWorld, but that's what a farm management platform is for and uh, what ag, the space that AgWorld is in. Very cool. Now, it's interesting to me, um, people sometimes think about agriculture and the growing of the food is very simplistic and, and you just get the seeds in the ground and water it and cultivate right. it. And there you go. But there is so much more involved in that. You were talking about all the data that can be collected. What kinds of analytics are farmers interested in or other compliance agencies? What kinds of data are you talking about? To start with uh, the farmer, you know, the data that's most important for the farmer is probably probably falls into three kind of categories. Um, agronomics, of course, is extremely important. So that, you know, agronomics, it's soil health soil data, you know, plant health, plant data, those kind of things are, are really important as, as well as just the cadence of, you know, what's happening on the farm agronomically in terms of fertilizer application, you know, pesticides or not, no pesticides, depending on what kind of practices are being used, organics or till or no till, things like that. So it's just tracking the cadence of all that and, and really enabling farmers to do a lot of their own, you know, on-farm research with their trusted advisors, their agronomists in particular, independent agronomists or independent consultants. And so the agronomic data is super important. And um, that could be anything from, you know, pre-planting activities and work to planting to in-season applications, irrigation, and then of course harvest and and some of the post-harvest data too. So that's important for the farmer. The big thing about AgWorld is it's a collaborative platform. So one of the unique things is that agronomic advisors and growers who've always been working together, right? They often, you know, 15, 20 years ago, especially were using, you know, paper, lots of paper, <laughs> phone calls, face-to-face -face meetings, things like that to communicate information, especially if a consultant's coming on farm, doing scouting and making recommendations for plant health and so on. So AgWorld, you know, a little over 10 years ago, focused on helping to digitize that relationship, the relationship between the trusted agronomic consultant 
um, you know, really close advisor on the farm, a lot of times independent, but sometimes involved with a retailer as well, or a retailer agronomist. And that advice, so the scouting records, the recommendations coming in digitally and enabling the grower to action those. So those activities are really important. And that data is really important as well. The scouting data and the recommendations coming from those consulting parties and then the actioning of that data in a timely manner, right? Because the consultant might say, hey, this needs to be done in the next three days or we're too late. We're going to have to change things up, especially if there's a bunch of pest pressure or something like that going on. So that's some of the data that falls into the agronomic kind of category, but also the financial category is important as well as the operations. And I'd say AgWorld really focuses on those three big buckets, agronomic data, uh, financial data, and operational data. And the agronomic really leads into that operational piece. That's just the logistics of, okay, we've got this set of work that needs to be done. Things need to happen on this farm. And of course, the bigger the farm is, the more people that are involved, the more you got to be on top of things, right? Because the wrong spray at the wrong field can be, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of a mistake, spraying the neighbor's field or something like that, right? So there can be a lot of problems logistically if you're not careful and, and the data really helps in that category as well. And then, of course, the financial data. So a lot of times farmers will have a accounting system, right? You take something like QuickBooks for simplicity, but there's a lot of different ones out there. There's some ag specific ones like Red Wing and things like that. But, but generally, you know, a lot of farmers are on QuickBooks, especially the small to medium sized ones. And they might have that data, but getting that down to a field level is difficult. Right. So, so getting it down to how much did this field cost me or this crop cost me, or maybe even between two different varieties. So there's a lot of levels of financial data, but usually it doesn't get down to that field level or block level and even below that into a subfield level. So AgWorld enables growers to really look at the financials at a more micro level than just their accounting system would be. So AgWorld's really designed to work side by side with an accounting system, not replace an accounting system, but to work side by side to bring that level of financial data down lower so that they can use the combination of agronomic, operational, and financial data together to make data-backed decisions, both for that current season as well as the future season and beginning to plan for the following seasons. Of course, understanding the past helps us get insights to do better in the future, you know? So as I've heard it said before, you know, farmer you only have so many seasons, right? And every season counts. And then passing it down to the next generation is important. Stewarding the day, stewarding the, the actual soil and the ground is really important that they own or rent for long-term sustainability. So that's the kind of categories of data that's, that's really important and, and what they're using it for. Well, you know, we love technology here at the Future Foodcast, and I'm hearing such great capabilities by having a platform that combines or allows access to these different buckets of data that then the growers, well, and the agronomists who are also consulting with them, and you can tell me who else might be able to use that data, you know, they can make some good business decisions about the best use of the soil or what's happening seasonally with the weather, um, when they should plant, when they should fertilize, when they, right? Is that informing those kind of decisions? Am I understanding that right? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, so AgWorld is really about, um, you know, there's those front end operations of things that are happening, right? Um, but underneath the hood, so to speak, we're really enabling 
farmers and those trusted advisors around them, whether they're agronomic advisors, maybe some financial advisors, things like that, to, to help centralize data, right? Because a lot of times on farms, it's all over the place. It's in 15 spreadsheets and paper and email and text messages and phone calls and whiteboards and in a lot of people's heads, right? And, and so it's really about let's get it off those things and centralized as much as possible, you know, out of five, six different apps and into one app or things like that. And then not only centralizing that data, but once it's in AgWorld, standardizing it. And the standardizing is actually one of the differentiators early on. More and more people are doing that now, but AgWorld did it first, I would say, <laughs> really focusing on standardizing data and making it clean from the very input of that, whoever's inputting it, right? Whether it's a guy on a tractor in your pickup truck bouncing from field to field, whatever it is, if you're going to put data in AgWorld, it's going to be standardized. And that just means... A simple example of that is if I'm putting like a Roundup application in, for example, I can't just type in or shorthand that and say R up or something like that. I've got to pick from a standardized list um, of that product, right? And that includes in that product all of the label information, the safety data sheets, everything that would be connected to that product from a manufacturer and a, a EPA kind of perspective is all going to be connected to that product. And that's just a simple one. But when you extend that beyond just crop protection products to fertilizer applications, now you can track nutrients at a very detailed level because it's, again, it's standardized. You can't fat finger things. You can't mess things up, right? And that data standardization then allows for really clean reporting and data visualization as well. If you bring that into, you know, something like a Microsoft Power BI or other kind of dashboarding systems to give more insight. And so when you combine that kind of goal of centralizing data, standardizing that data and making it collaborative, you've got a lot of people inputting information and all going into one place and it's standardized. Then yes, to your question, it can inform and give insight, whether that's through you know, whatever decisions being made, right, whether it's a soil health kind of agronomic decision, uh, whether it's a timing decision of the plan, all that can inform the next year's plan or the, the change of this year's plan, right? Because based on scouting information, based on weather, based on pest stuff, you know, the plan can be in place, but that's, you got to roll with the punches as a farmer, right? You're always adjusting. And that's really a nice thing about the iRoll platform is you can put a good plan in place that makes agronomic and and financial and operational sense. But then you've got the tools to be flexible with that plan to change things up throughout the season. So if you have clean data, it, it does inform decision-making. You know, no platform, I heard a grower say one time, no platform is going to tell me how to be a successful farmer, right? I've, I've got to make the final call, but I can do it based on real information that's right there handy, right in my pocket or write on my iPad or something like that. I pull it out, look at the information, and I can make a decision. I still have to make the decision, but the data and the platform's there to help me be informed when I'm making that decision. And that's a really good way to put it directly from a grower. And, and that's what AgWorld's all about. We're not here to try to tell you this is how you should do it. Or, you know, of course, as AI gets smarter and as more data is there, we can serve different insights up and we will continue to do those kind of things. But we're not here to replace the agronomic advisors, the human input, or the farmer's human decision-making. It's just helping it to be informed more by data rather than by gut feel, by, I remember we did this three years ago, maybe if we try it, you know, but I can just look and see, you know.
Yeah. You said a couple of really important things there. I just want to recap because I think it's really important to our audience, whoever might be moving to some tech technology platform, that standardization, like you said, is key because that allows then those comparison activities to happen. And what you did not have in the old paper system or the very seasoned successful farmer who knew just intuitively in his head what he did five or 10 right. years and could put those variables together and say, here's what we need right. to do this year. You're essentially trying to get out of his head and into some standard data platform that can then be utilized by other people. And um, the legacy of that, you talked about yes. the, the soil and, and the farm itself and, and the legacy, whether you're renting or owning and passing on to the future yep. and generations that's going to allow that to happen much more seamlessly because you'll have the whole yes. history of the farm. Now you keep track of the front end, you get all the data, but then you see, I've got all these variables. I've made a plan based on my pillars of information that I have, but however, we need to change a couple of variables based on outside things that have happened, either pests or right. weather, whatever it might be. But then, yep. you know, you've changed those variables and then you also know what the outcome is on the harvest side or on the output side, the production side based on that. So historically, yes. it's nice to accumulate all that. You know, as time goes by, you talked about 10 years ago, which was really a short amount of time, honestly. When you talk seasonally, you only have a certain number of seasons. 10 years hasn't been that many yep. really for all the different variables. I imagine that's going to just improve as you move forward because you'll have just more volumes of data to be able to churn through and see what the variables were and what the outcomes were. It's really fascinating because yeah. obviously in the last 10, 12 years since we started, you know, that's right when the, the iPhone had just come out in 2007 and then the iPad came out right 2009, 2010 is right when the iPad came out. You know, we had tried right before the iPad came out to do like a digital pen type technology, you know, that as you would write would capture information and, and that was fine. But when we, you know, learned of the iPad and, and we were the first one to develop an ag based iPad app in Australia and, and then brought that to the U.S. and was, was one of the first, if not the first in the U.S. as well. And it was really about offline capability, right? Because you're, you're in rural places, you got to be able to capture information offline. And then, you know, when you get back into connectivity or into the office or whatever, you know, that's going to sync back up and keep what's happening on, on the computer, right? And what's happening on the devices that have been working offline in sync. We were one of the first to really develop that technology. Now, a lot of other apps out there are using that, but we were really on the cutting edge of developing that whole sync in engine and, and matching things up between the mobile offline devices and what's happening on the web-based app. And with that, that enabled growers to get data at the source, at the field when it was happening. And the closer you get it to the place that it happened and when it happened, the more accurate information is, is going into the system, right? The, the more length of time that happens between when something happened and where it happened, the more it gets fuzzy, right? And, and you're like, ah, I think it was about like this. And, you know, and, and then you get to have some problems in place because, now we're losing accuracy long-term. And that's what was happening a lot of is, okay, I'm now it's getting a little slower in the season, you know, it's summertime or something, or maybe it's uh, even in the fall, but three months ago or six months ago, we did these things and we got to catch up those records. Well, now you're losing a lot of accuracy. And of course, 
there's there's not the real time uh, data access to be able to make those decisions as you're going throughout the season. And then in terms of what you were talking about with legacy and things too, there's you know there's a there's extreme examples like for example we had a farmer who was using AgWorld for about three four years. Their shop burned down. They lost all their paper records back from like the 80s, and they had nothing right except for what was in their head and what was in AgWorld. And they, 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 we did a whole case study with them on how valuable that information became because they lost in this freak accident all of their records from years past um, that were on paper. And um, that, that's an example. And then also we've had, um, you know, guys getting older that are struggling with memory loss and, and even some rapid memory loss. And uh, everything was in their head, but they worked with their kids to get things into AgWorld in order to be ready for other farm managers, for the kids to take over and so on. So there's extreme examples like that. And then of course, there's the more normal day-to-day examples of just, hey, we got to scale the farm. We're going to go from a thousand acres to 5,000. We're going 5,000 to 10,000, or we're going 10,000 to 30,000. And as you scale, there's, there's more of a need uh, to be able to have systems in place and a centralized platform in place to run those operations. So there's a lot of applications for that data and the way that the platform can be used. Um, but ultimately, it does really come down to exactly what you've been talking about, which is having a centralized place that it goes to and then can be used to inform uh, the decisions that are being made on the operation, whether that's from an owner level uh, or a manager level or field staff, farm staff level. So. Yeah. And the the key there is too, when you are a smaller farm and you make an error somehow, like you said, the ramifications are X, but if you're larger or, and you're scaling, that error is 10 X or 20 X, whatever right. it might be, you know, it just exacerbates the whole problem. Um, but the thing about the paper and the human input now is all the data required to be input by a person or do you have some automated sensors or other things um, through equipment or what other inputs does AgWorld have that can uh, populate some of the data? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. Um, so we developed uh, a couple of years ago, a term that we called farm data ecosystem or FDE. And that was all about, you know, we had been focused on data standardization, you know, from the beginning. And, and collaboration from the beginning, even if that was human collaboration. And so we were really set up through having a strong policy around how we treated data, as well as a, a modern approach to developing software and continuing to be on the cutting edge. So we, we from the beginning, really worked on good APIs um, as, that, as other things became requested and, and there was other opportunities to pull in data or share data. Um, with various projects or other platforms. Um, so to highlight one, I guess, you know, John Deere is a classic one, right? They're, they're another company that's doing a great job in terms of modern tech, good APIs, and being able to pass information back and forth. And so, yeah, there's a lot of ways and systems in place for AgWorld to be able to pull data and push data out um, to other platforms, not only machinery data, like from John Deere, but also IoT devices and sensor devices. So last year, AgWorld was acquired by a company called Simios. And uh, Simios has historically been on the permanent crops on the West Coast mainly. So think like Washington, California, a bit of Oregon, um, but especially California and Washington in nuts and fruit. 
And, you know, those devices, like you're talking things like automated trapping with AI technology to count those particular pests and give you that information served up very quickly on your app, uh, weather stations for real-time weather tracking and microclimate tracking on your farm and your field, different, even different areas of your farm that might have some different microclimates, irrigation, uh, tracking and automation through soil moisture probes and other gear that can um, turn on and off um, different irrigation uh, sections and so on. Um, up in the Pacific Northwest and fruit, you know, wind machines. So, so a lot of different tech devices, IoT devices that can be, uh, you know, remotely managed, turned on and off, checked on, and of course, feeding data back into our platform to be able to use that information again for real-time decision-making and also learning. So, you know, the universities and other large manufacturing companies, you know, they're doing research, right? But the cool thing about IoT devices and a platform like AgroDes is as a farmer, you can begin to do your own research, try your own things out. And there even some of the larger farms have their own research sections of their farms that are research sections. They put new tech on and they try things out. And the things that work, they then spread to the rest of the farm. So a really cool thing about AgroDes is, yes, you're connecting in a lot of different devices. You're feeding that data in, both of our own and others that are not ours. And then again, bringing that together into a place where as that data is being fed in from multiple places, human and IoT devices, uh, you're getting more and more information, which that can then be used through AI and good development to serve up insights. Hey, at this, you know, instead of spraying at this time because of here's the pest pressure curve or so on, right? Now you spray at this time instead, and you're going to have more of a chance to deal with that. Uh, in a way that's, again, informed by data rather than, well, this is just always the way that we've done it. We don't really know if it's going to be earlier this year or later this year or whatever, but the data can really start to show you, okay, as these traps are capturing these insects, okay, here we go, right? These pests that the, we see the trend upward, okay, spray should happen here. We know that's where the spray should happen. If that happens, then it'll come down. If you're too early or too late, you're going to miss that window. And again, that's not something that the university data is important. University trials are important, but it's not something that they can always catch in those models um, because of microclimates and, and things like that. So all that to say, the answer to that is yes, through our farm data ecosystem, you can bring data in. And as data is being brought in, you can then use it to be smarter about your ground and how you manage it. Well, and are the because that is that is a ton of information I can see as a farm owner that's going to allow me to leverage my human capital because all right. the other stuff data collection oh 100 field right because people used to have to do that with the clipboard yes. and <laughs> yes what's going on covering a lot of ground depending on how big your farm is um so the so the farm owner is interested in all this but does it help some of the other providers as well? Like what about the people that are providing some of the front end, like the seeds or the fertilizer or the pest control information or I mean product, uh, are those people also getting a window into the data or is that more informed from the people who are viewing it themselves and saying, I need you now? Yeah, for sure. That's a great question too. So, you know, with your, your let's, let's call those retailers, right? If they're providing product, yeah. whether that's co-op retailers that are owned by farmers collectively or, or just a, a retail business company, you know, there's a lot of solid relationships there between those companies and growers 
And the cool thing about AgWorld, again, is it's collaborative and it's really uh, grower driven primarily in terms of sharing that data. So we're very focused on independence and the grower uh, having independent data that's not owned by retailers and manufacturers and so on, but it's owned by them. And they can choose to share who they want. Or they can choose who they want to share that data and information with. Um, of course, if the grower is not involved, a lot of times the grower is not the first one on tech, right? It's, it's the retailer or the co-op. Uh, and they might be bringing that information to the grower, but it's, it's just a sliver of, of what's going on that farm because it's only what they're doing on the farm. And so then oftentimes the grower can come into that and, and work with them and share with them. So it can go from either side. The grower can bring in their advisors or the advisors can be working with and bringing in their growers. AgWorld's built for, for both parties and to function with both parties. But the ultimate goal, obviously, for us and for the retail and co-op is to serve that grower. If the grower is successful, then we are successful, the co-op successful, the retailer successful, the custom applicators, everybody's successful, the end consumer is successful because they got food on their table, right? So ultimately, it's about making that grower successful and they can share that data or be brought into that data in, in a lot of different ways. And without getting too much into the weeds about how that works, there's some great processes. Um, and AgWorld is the only platform with the type of permission system around collaborating and sharing data okay. uh, in the agriculture space that works the way that it does. It's very powerful in terms of sharing information back and forth. And, and, um, and so, yeah, you could have, for example, an independent agronomist or even a retail agronomist, the, the grower says, yep, I want them to be able to see all of my IoT devices, my weather stations, my, my traps, my automated traps and pest irrigation moisture probes, so that they have all that information about what's going on with pest, water, weather, and can use that as they're writing their human recommendation of, okay, I think this is what we need to do, right? Because again, the data isn't here to replace the crop consultant or advisor. It's to help them do their job with more information. Right. Um, because there's always that human element in there, right? And so it's kind of getting the busy work out. You don't need to go out there and re replace, you know, a pheromone <laughs> trap or whatever. That'll oh. do it. That'll do it for you. But then you can look at all that, and 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 then go, okay, this is what we need to do, and and, and be more consultative. It enables agronomic focused consultants and agronomists and general PCAs or CCAs. It enables them to be more consultative and hopefully lift the number of growers they can work with or how deep they can work with growers because it's getting rid of some of that busy work. Yeah, that's exactly what I hear. And back to one of your original goals that you talked about, AgWorld has been focused on collaboration from the beginning, You know, being able to get the data and have it available. And the fact that the growers themselves who own it can then have the permission system and, and you have the technology on the back end, depending on what they choose to be able to connect all that together. Uh, that's right. all exciting. And I feel great about what could be happening, you know, in the ecosystem of growers um, moving us forward. And speaking of which, I mean, what do you see coming next on, on the horizon for AgWorld and, you know, the applications that you're working with? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think a really big focus of ours is continuing to build out that farm data ecosystem in general, right? So more key information for what from the key tech devices or machines that growers are using 
coming in automatically, right? So decreasing the amount of human input that's needed, more machines putting that in for them, again, cutting out busy work and making it more real time, more accurate and so on. But doing that at a good pace and rate so that it is a positive helpful thing. And it's not because sometimes machines, it's only as good as the, you know, the inputs, right? So machines can get it wrong too. So it's both a combination of the machines and humans working together, right? To make sure that that information is right, accurate, looks good and so on. And so I think continuing to lift the number of integrations and partners that we have where data is coming in automatically for growers. That's one piece. Another piece is around our, what we've been calling our strategies um, portion of the platform, Magworld strategies. And strategies is really about, you know, there's some things that are required from the state, right? And, you know, those requirements, you know, audits and so on and information that has to be reported around labels and so on uh, for applications is great. But then there's, there's things that are coming down from consumers, from processors, from certain regions, right? So like, um, let's take the EU and Japan, you know, as an example, they might have Japan, Korea, Taiwan, and the EU might have slightly different requirements around something like, you know, you take like a, a beer example, right? So for hops, you know, they might have certain uh, requirements in the EU and in Japan and in Taiwan and in the U.S. that are all a little different. And I, as a grower, depending on my contracts and who I'm working with, my processes, I have to manage that, right? Which fields are in which. So the agro strategies tool is really around making it a lot simpler and better and easier for the grower and their agronomists, again, to manage those requirements that are coming down at a field level, to make sure we're staying in compliance so that contracts can be fulfilled in a high quality way without a bunch of extra paperwork and tracking because it's, it's happening automatically and it's happening with some safeguards that we've previously set. So if I go in and try to use this product, it's like, hey, you can't use that particular product goes against MRL requirements that are coming out of the EU or something like that, which is the maximum residue limit, right? So the EU have certain requirements there and, and the, the grower needs to make sure that they're keeping them compliant with that and all their field staff are as well and, and the recommendations that are being written. So again, the strategies are really about how do we help growers and their agronomists to define those rules on a field that keep them in compliance so they can get paid at the end of the day. So more of that kind of stuff, where we're proactively enabling growers to have tools, again, that decreases busy work, that increases accuracy of information, that increases hopefully dollars back to their, their wallets at the end of the day so that they can be successful. So that's another one, of course, looking at the labor issues um, in terms of helping people track, again, logistics and um, more information about labor, things like that. So there's there's a lot of areas that we're looking at and that we will continue to look at in terms of partnering or doing ourselves uh, to help growers manage you know, all aspects of their farm or to send, you know, where, where AgWorld stops and another provider software platform or something begins to send the key information that that next platform needs in order to help the grower again be successful. So that's a little bit about what the future looks like uh, for AgWorld, of course, with the Simeo side of things and IoT devices will continue to develop more and better sensor data in the field, uh, putting probes and sensors on all over the farm in order to, again, decrease the need for humans to be able to, you know, running around doing all kinds of busy work and can focus more on the things that they need to do with the information that they're being served up automatically. So we'll continue to develop some more IoT devices in that sense. And uh, we've got some exciting ones 
coming down the pipe. So yeah, it sounds great. And I love that you're also uh, helping, you know, it's hard to keep requirements in your head if there's certain parameters you need to stay within. Right. The AgWorld platform can help serve to throw up that little yellow flag to say, hold on, you don't really want to do that because you want to stay within this certification requirements or whatever it might be. So that's a really really good application or something that your software platform also can provide to the grower and the people that are running the farm. We have talked about some really great things this afternoon, Judah. Thank you so much for sharing all of your expertise. Is there anything else you'd like to tell our audience before we go today? I don't think so. It depends on who you are, right? If you're a farmer, go check us out at agwell.com. There's a lot of information, a lot of case studies there. Uh, We're all over social media as well. So feel free to follow us on social media. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Judah Kofer, and you'll see me there. But yeah, if you're a farmer or agronomist, check us out there. Otherwise, if you're, uh, you know, in in a different part of the industry, uh, or just a consumer listening, I would say, you know, it's just great to learn the lives of farmers and where your food comes from, you know, learning how food is grown and the, uh, the difficulty and hard work and labor uh, and stewardship that farmers are having to take to take care of the land, to produce a crop year after year. And the more knowledge that you can gain on that as a consumer or even in the restaurant you know, business, I personally own a couple of coffee shops here in Northern Colorado and and kind of see the consumer restaurant side. We have a cafe and stuff. We try to source local ingredients, things like that. And so, you know, for me learning, you know, owning restaurant, owning cafe, coffee shop, talking with the growers, working with growers, seeing everything in between that's like, okay, I'm going to serve up this breakfast sandwich over here. (laughs) What went into making that possible? I think the more people that can understand the process of that, the more information they have, the better we are as a society. And especially for young people, I think, you know, a lot of young people, they just go into the store, get things off the shelf and, you know, don't even think about it twice, you know, and, and, and if that store ran out of food, they would know what to do at all. Right. And so I think more understanding is, is always better. So I've just encouraged that, I guess. Thanks, Judah. I think our audience got a good dose of appreciation for what goes on on the grower side of the equation. And I really appreciate you sharing with the Future Foodcast today. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcast. Future Foodcast is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry. 